I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everyone to Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation and be a part of the show. And now you can also call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is Cape Gunworks on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, uh, Telegram, Rumble, all the usual suspects. Um, we're on Truth Social now. Uh, but also, if you want to find us on Instagram, you'll have to go to our backup page, which is CGW underscore backup. A little harder to find, but once you do, you're going to see some great content, and uh, you'll see my smiling face and my wonderful uh, voice that cures insomnia on contact. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll be able to give you some good content um, as it you know on a day to day basis. You can track what's going and you know the comings and goings of Cape Gunworks, and you can see what we got in stock and some of the reviews we do and some of the Toby takes on the world shooting contest, et cetera, et cetera. But we'd love to have you join the show. So give us a call or text 508-444-2120. And if you would be so kind to like, subscribe, comment, and share on all of the social media, that would be awesome because the algorithms are doing their best to beat us down and keep us from being heard, um, you know, with the shadow ban and the blacklisting and, and outright deplatforming that's taking place in the gun community on a daily basis. It's harder and harder to get the message out there unless you go to some of the alternative social media sites that aren't uh, as censored as the mainstream ones. But anyway, uh, we're going to get to your questions. We're also going to get to a lot of the news. I am happy to report I just got back from Nighthawk Customs down in Berryville, uh, Arkansas, and we had a great time. I took a few guys down um, that had never been down there before, and we got a tour of the factory. We got to shoot a bunch of guns. We got to collaborate on some things and do some videos from down there, which I will release on social media. And if you don't know who Night, Nighthawk Customs is, they are by far the finest 1911 manufacturer on the planet. It It is just amazing um, how good these guys are. It is what I call a, an incredible intersection of technology and old world craftsmanship but what's amazing is the old world craftsmanship is largely being done by young guys i was shocked to see yes there's definitely the older guys who are like the mentors and the master gunsmiths that are there and the amount of knowledge that they have is just amazing and they're there to mentor and pull up the younger guys. But these, some of these younger guys are already in the Pistol Smith Guild. It, it's amazing. And what 
what else is pretty cool is um, they have more gunsmiths that are in the Pistol Smith Guild than any other company on earth. That's a pretty amazing accomplishment. So these guys do this on their own time. They make a couple of guns to submit to the Pistol Smith Guild, and it is just amazing to see the creativity. They've come up with some of the most radical 1911 designs out there. They also have the classic and, uh, you know, the NHC classic, which is just your typical beautiful 1911. They also have a huge market of working on existing 1911s for all other uh, companies, whether it be a Kimber or a Springfield or a Colt. In fact, I sent my Colt Combat Commander, which is the first handgun I ever bought um, when I was 18 years old out there. I sent it, I just sent it out a couple months ago and just got it back and they did an amazing job on it. So, you know, it was a really cool, I did the whole package, the whole enchilada there, the, the D-horn and reliability package, and they, they just go through it and re, in some cases, they actually add metal back and, and then re-hand fit it all together to fit the way it should be. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, the whole one gunsmith, one gun, and unconditional lifetime warranty is really cool. So uh, check out their website. G-Web's dropped it in the link, nighthawkcustom.com, and see what it is you'd like to dream about at night. Those those guns will keep you up at night for sure. And uh, just beautiful, beautiful guns. And not to mention some new radical designs. They have a double stack and a single stack mag. Uh, but it, it's just amazing. And when you sit there and uh, you know want to create and make it your own, you can... The customizing of it is amazing. So, um, yeah, let me know what you think. Nice. What's the one you would get? 508-444-2120. You can drop it in the chat or text or give us a call. Um, Maybe you have one and you love it. Uh, The one thing about Nighthawk is they're kind of like Lay's potato chips. You can't eat just one, right? (laughs) You get one and next thing you know, you're already thinking about the next one. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing how they have that ability to, um, you know, want you want more, you know, once you get one. And it's for the, obviously they're not cheap guns, but in my phase of life, if you will, when I used to buy everything I could get my hands on, I've started to go more quality over quantity. And, you know, I still have my $400 everyday carry gun that I'm, you know, that I carry a $550 everyday carry gun. But I also have the Nighthawk that I want in the safe and to shoot on the range because it's just unbelievably beautiful and it's a uh, fun gun to shoot. And, you know, it could be called upon to defend my ho- household if necessary. But, but um, you know, I just, I just love it. And there's just something so special about a 1911, let's face it. If you think about it, it was designed in 1907 by John Browning, and then it underwent some changes until it was adopted by the U.S. military in 1911. And it ran in our military service from 1911 until 1986. I don't think there'll ever be another gun in our nation's history that will last that long. So it was a really amazing testimony to a gun that worked well. It ran under a lot of different circumstances. 
And it was made by lots of different manufacturers, even in the war effort. It was made by Singer Sewing Machine. It was made by, you know, Remington Rand. It was made by, I think there was even some from the Underwood uh, typewriter. <laughs> there was uh, the Switch and Signal, uh, all kinds of variants, obviously Springfield Armory and Colt, um, but just some neat. Uh, guns. It's obvious. It's also been the most duplicated and continually manufactured gun of any other gun on earth. So there were boutique manufacturers that popped up throughout time, like uh, Bowden Arms, and uh, there was the AMTs and the you know some of the Randalls that made a true left hand. Uh, so there was so many manufacturers of just that. But then all the mainstream manufacturers have all come out with their own version, like the Ruger and uh, Smith & Wesson, the Springfield Armory, Kimber, you know, you can, you name it. There's just literally hundreds of of 1911 manufacturers throughout time. You get, then you get the higher end, the Les Bears, the the, uh, Wilson Combat, the Nighthawks, et cetera, et cetera, the STIs, the Staccatos, the uh, Tarrant Butler ones and all that. So, They're just an iconic gun. We got to see how it's done at the highest level. And it was really cool to to do that trip with some some clients and some friends. But we want to thank you for listening to Rapid Fire. If you use this week's code CAPECOD at capegunworks.com, you'll get a special discount on your entire online order. So go to capegunworks.com and use the code CAPECOD to get your special discount today. This is Rapid Fire. We will be right back. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Just to complete the thought around our trip down to Berryville, Arkansas, um, we also went to this place called the Saunders Museum. And I want to tell you about this hidden gem of a museum down there. And I took some serious gun cranks on this trip down uh, down to Berryville and, you know, serious collectors. And when I, two of, two of them, uh, one guy works in the store. If you don't know Mark yet, uh, you got to come in and meet Mark. He's an unbelievable gun historian and collector and has owned some amazing guns throughout time. But 
took him to uh, this Saunders Museum and, and this other guy, Clint, who was on the trip, who also collects these pre-1950s Smith & Wessons. And um, so these guys come down, and I didn't really know what to expect. I'm thinking this little podunk town gun museum, you know, it's going to be, yeah, there'll be some neat stuff in there. Boy, was it. We all were rocked. We were rocked. I couldn't believe it. This one guy, this Colonel uh, Burton Sanders, was the guy who donated this collection. He donated the land to build the hall. He donated an endowment to keep the museum going. And what's interesting is uh, part of the rules of the the endowment was no guns could be taken away or added to this collection after his death or passing. So these there's almost a thousand guns there and you should just jump online and check out some of the guns uh it's it's um it's unbelievable but this guy was a trick shot he was a competitor and uh he was he used to shoot pennies out of the air and you know do like between the legs under upside down and and shoot the ash off a guy's cigarette while it's in his mouth. Yeah, crazy stuff that you'd never dream of doing today. But um, he he used to get a free Colt pistol whenever they came out with a new model because he was kind of on their advisory staff, and they wanted his take on what the new gun was like. So he would test fire it, and then he got to keep it. That was part of the deal he had with Colt. But it was pretty amazing. And uh, But here's just a small sampling of some of the stuff that they had. They had Frank and James... Uh, sorry, uh, Frank and Jesse James guns. They had um, Billy the Kid's gun. They had all kinds of, uh, they had a Pancho Vila gun with his spurs, and they had Jesse James spurs. They had uh, a whole set of scalps from, uh, I forget who the uh, the chief, the Indian chief was, but there was a, an entire belt of of scalps on display which you know was crazy he had buffalo bill cody's guns he had uh one of the original bowie knives he had uh chief sitting bulls war bonnet and uh all kinds of stuff that that just was mind-boggling um sam houston's guns he had knives he he would enter in these shooting contests and for like uh you know he got this blunderbuss off this arab sheik uh, the Arab Sheik wanted his Colt and he wanted the blunderbuss. So they went into the shooting com- competition and uh, he ended up with the blunderbuss. So the Sheik didn't want to be outdone. So he wanted to double down. And there was this beautiful hand stitched tent. It was like a, uh, you know, that the Bedouins would have or the Arab Sheiks would have that they would set up, but it was all hand embossed and hand embroidered. It's absolutely gorgeous that like his wives made. And uh, so they played the second round. And guess what? I got to lay eyes on the tents. <laughs> so he took them for his blunderbuss and his tent. And uh, but then I guess he did give him one of his pistols as a con- conciliatory uh, prize, but oh, just amazing my. stuff. And if you're a gun crank, you, you just got to go see it at some point. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, but millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of guns on display. I would actually say, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on display, um, which is amazing. They had three Colt Walker Dragoons, which are worth 
half a million each, and he had three of them. So, yeah, he had cased sets and dueling pistols from the president of France and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, and unfortunately, we only did an hour in there, and, and I think 40 minutes of it or 25 minutes of it, I was on the Grace Curley show walking around as I was doing the Grace Curley show from there. So it was kind of funny. Uh, I couldn't really... Uh, concentrate on everything but i just saw my friend's jaws drop but anyway uh don't forget you can call us 508-444-2120 and uh we got a call bob from worcester about an assault assault rifle bob from worcester three questions love your show love the interview somebody showed me you interviewing your daughter on her first year. <laughs> that would bring tears to your eyes. Yeah. Okay, here's the questions. Number one, the assault rifle, so-called. We've been led to believe by the media that Congress has passed a ban on that. Would you clear that up, please, on the air? Mm-hmm. Number two, I used to be opposed to assault weapons, and my argument was, well, why are machine guns banned? So would you please answer that? Why are machine Okay, um, let me get to the first part. So, yes, the House of Representatives has passed a so-called assault weapons ban that basically bans any modern semi-automatic rifle that has a detachable magazine and at least one other option. So a pistol grip would make it the other option. It's very similar to the 94 assault weapons ban, but they took away one evil feature. And when I say evil feature, it's kind of you got to picture the air quotes around it. Um, so basically anything like a pistol grip, a folding or a collapsible stock, a threaded barrel, a flash hider, a bayonet lug, a, they're now through vertical foregrip in the in the evil feature definitions. So if it has a vertical foregrip, um, they also enumerated, I think, 19 pages of guns. It's an amazing list of guns, including uh, Uzi BB guns. <laughs> it's almost reminiscent of what they did in Canada when they basically listed everything that sounded scary, including black rifle coffee. So it was, um, it was pretty funny how the, uh, how the, um, you know, they, they, anything that sounded like a black rifle or a modern sporting rifle, they, um, or semi-automatic rifle, they, they banned. So that's kind of what the, the thrust of this one is. Um, it's now going to the Senate, Judiciary Committee, and um, I want to get to it in a little bit, but uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition has sent them a very stiff letter saying, you know, stay in your lane. That's the that's the basic uh, long and short of it. I want to read that, but before that, I'll get to the uh, second part of your question. Um, the machine gun ban or the true assault weapons ban went into effect in May of 1986, and it was unfortunately enacted by uh, Ronald Reagan as part of the Hughes Amendment, which uh, banned the new manufacturer of uh, quote-unquote assault weapons or machine, machine guns, fully automatic machine guns, because prior to that, uh, you could actually build one yourself if you did a Form 1, and they banned the manufacturer of machine guns for private ownership after 1986. So it's created this 
situation where there's registered machine guns that were manufactured prior to 1986, and those are still grandfathered in, uh, but the pot is finite, right? It's a very finite number of guns. And so naturally it has caused the price to spike. Um, But there's no, you know, it's a little disingenuous to say um, that there's no, no such thing as a machine gun, you know, uh, or machine guns aren't legal or they were banned. Yes, the new manufacturer of them were banned, but just about in every state in the country, there's only a couple, I think, California and maybe New Jersey or something like that, uh, where they outright ban any private ownership of machine guns. But I think it's like 47 or 48 states you can own machine guns, including Massachusetts, believe it or not. But you got to jump through some extra hoops to get your machine gun license in order to own a machine gun in Massachusetts. So the bottom uh, the bottom line is, uh, yes, they banned the manufacturer of them, but no, they did not ban the ownership of them. So continuous ownership has been a thing in this country since machine guns were invented. And I think that under this Bruin decision, we might see some uh, rights restored as it, as it relates to uh, machine guns. But he had a third question too, right, Bob? Toby, Bob from Worcester. Just started with my last question. What's the law regarding police officers and retired police officers being allowed, permitted to carry in the U.S. and um, across state lines? Thank you. All right. So... Can I have my mic back? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, as a result um, of police officers and retired police officers, if you're a police officer and you're on the badge, you have 50-state reciprocity. You can carry in all 50 states um, concealed, and there is limits on where. And in some cases, uh, although I think they've repealed it, uh, New Jersey used to limit you being able to carry hollow points if you were still a cop on the badge. But I think they've done away with that. If you are a cop carrying um, in New Jersey, you can carry hollow points, but not retired and not any civilian. So unfortunately, there's not 50 state reciprocity for anyone except for police. And then there's the LEOSA uh, license that you can get or designation that you can get as a retired cop and you can then carry in all 50 states as a retired cop there's some extra little restrictions on that than if you're still an active police officer but you have to qualify every year with the gun that you're going to carry and that's a yearly obligation to continually keep up to date with so but if you're on the badge you don't need that uh, permit um, the leosa permit we do offer that service here at cape gunworks as well so We're going to a break, but you should check out the rapidfireradio.us and check out the latest Rapid Fire gear. Show that you're Pro 2A by wearing a shirt, a hat, or grab a flag and go to the rapidfireradio.us and click on Get Rapid Fire Gear, and the discount code works there to Cape Cod. So go check us out. We'll be right back. This uh, This is Rapid Fire. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. 
It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And I just want to jump back to what I alluded to earlier when I was answering that question from Bob uh, about the Firearms Policy Coalition's open letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Um, And I'm just going to read it real quick. Uh, So this says to all the senators and, you know, what their position is, how they strongly oppose H.R. 1808, the Sicilini uh, assault weapons ban of 2022. And uh, it says, Dear Senators Durbin, Grassley, and the honorable members of the Senate Committee on the Judiciary, I write to you today on behalf of the FPC, a nonprofit organization that promotes minimal individual liberty and sound public policy through litigation, research, education, grassroots outreach, and direct advocacy regarding H.R. 1808, the assault weapons ban of 2022, and the policies contained therein. FPC Law, the nation's first and largest public interest legal team focused on the right to keep and bear arms, and the leader in Second Amendment litigation and research space, has reviewed H.R. 1808 and found it to be grossly violative of the people, of the rights of the people protected under the United States Constitution. FPC thus strongly opposes H.R. 1808 on its merits and rejects its contempt for the natural rights of the people. For a legislative body to suppose that it can abrogate the human rights of the very people that delegate limited enumerated powers to it is in the height of conceit, especially following the United States Supreme Court decision of New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin, 142, Section CT 2011, uh, 2111, excuse me. To even propose such a measure is to show unbridled uh, recalcitrance and disrespect for the people of the Congress serves. And to consider this 
legislation which would, if enacted, increase state violence by orders of magnitude and put peaceable people in government cages for exercising their rights is an act of tyranny. We urge you to terminate this unlawful and contemptible legislation. The deluge of uh, rhetorical and legislative assaults on the fundamental rights of the people by our government institutions, rights that are inseparable from those same people, erodes public trust in governmental institutions. Indeed, if Congress does not respect the law when the people are sure to follow that, then the people are sure to follow that example. While H.R. 1808 seeks to create irrational classes of good guns and bad guns and good features and bad features at bottom the policies represent an arrogant belief that the congress has the authority to regulate and restrict these constitutionally protected instruments it does not not only does congress not have the powers to engage in such regulations through interstate commerce or otherwise the right to keep and bear these arms pre-exists the government itself. This right is not negotiable or subject to debate as the very enumeration of the right takes out of the hands of government, even the Congress, the power to decide on a case-by-case basis whether the right is really worth insisting upon. And by whatever term a legislative body chooses to label these arms, be they pejoratively described as assault weapons or characterized by their true nature as protected arms, the people are entitled to possess and use them for lawful purposes. For the reasons stated above, we urge the committee to not take up H.R. 1808 or any similar legislation that would violate the Constitution and infringe upon the rights of the people. Thank you for your time and attention to this important matter. Um, And he goes on to give his contact info. Sincerely, Richard Thompson, Vice President of Communications. And bravo, well said, FPC. It is um, the height of arrogance, especially after the Bruin decision, to, to basically enact that bill. So let me know what you think. Is it, uh, are they on point with that? Uh, 508-444-2120. And uh, go ahead. We have another caller from New Hampshire. Yeah, I, I was I was curious. If, if that bill does pass the Senate or whatever, how would that work in, in states like New Hampshire where we already passed a, a law uh, limiting what the federal government can and can't do as far as the firearms? Uh, I believe there's, there's several other states that passed a law. So I, I was just curious. Thanks. Yep. It's definitely going to be interesting. Let's put it that way, because there's going to be this collision course of constitutional uh, rights based on the state and the federal government. The, The thing that the federal government has said time and time again is that states cannot enact laws that would prohibit their federally constitutional protected rights. Now, guns have been the redheaded stepchild of that for the last hundred years, and they've continually restricted the the federally enumerated rights that are granted by our creator and recognized by the federal government. And now the shoe is about to be on the other foot where states are saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not playing by that game. Texas is a perfect example right now. There's this power struggle in Texas as a result of their suppressors that are made in Texas. And they're saying that suppressors that are made in Texas are not subject to the NFA if sold to residents of Texas because of the interstate commerce clause. So because they're not being sold out of state, 
they're, they're saying the federal government has no jurisdiction on these suppressors. Now, a lot of lawyers, et cetera, or people, and, you know, people, two A lawyers are saying, we don't recommend you buy them without going through the NFA, but we do agree that the state of Texas is correct. And so there's this power struggle going on between the federal government and states' rights. And that's the whole basis of what just happened in the the Roe v. Wade being overturned. The federal government was saying this has been unfairly ruled upon by the federal government and they got it wrong. It's horribly written case law that we need to make right and we're going to return the power back to the states. That's the way it should be. The, the federal government should stay out of regulating the lives of individuals and kick it back to the states. And then the states have an obligation to to not violate or restrict people's federally protected rights. It's very simple. So um, the the problem is the federal government thinks it is now the exact thing that our founders overthrew. They feel that they are the grantor of rights. They need to go back and reread the Constitution. And it was pretty funny when I was in Arkansas because we walked in this uh, cafe that our sales rep brought us to for lunch, and he was cracking up, and he was, right as you walk through the door, there's a basket of Constitution and Bill of Rights, like flyers or uh, booklets, in the basket of the, the foyer of the little anteroom as you're walking into this cafe. And I'm like, man, you know you're in freedom America, freedom-loving America when they're giving out baskets of the, uh, giving out pamphlets of the Constitution as you walk into their cafe. And I'm like, this is great. You know, this is amazing. But I think a lot of our elected officials these days really need to go back and read the original text, read the Bill of Rights, read the founding documents, read the quotes by our founding fathers, because they are left extremely wanting when it comes to their knowledge of what their role in government is. And the role in government is to stay out of our lives. It really is. It's not to sit here and on their high perches and figure out how they can rule over us, which is exactly what has come down the pipeline in the last 50 years. They are really there as a representation or a representative of what we want them to do. And the problem is that genie is out of the bottle where they have strayed so far from the powers that they were originally granted by uh, the people to go and do our bidding not to be lords over us. Um, how? What do you think? Am I off my rocker here? Am I? Uh, do you think we'll ever ever going to see our rights restored? And now we're at a point where. Uh, so tell me what you think. Five zero eight four 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 twenty one twenty. But are we ever going to see our rights restored to the point where we can let people have liberty and autonomy over their own? process, their own homestead, their own decision-making, their own family raising. You know, the problem now is you need a permit to build a shed, to uh, pour concrete on a sidewalk. You need 
Uh, if you want to rip out a certain amount of drywall in your house, you need to get a building permit. You've got to ask for permission to do anything these days. And it's unbelievable. But at the very core of this is the rights that were recognized by our founders. And the government was told the limits of those rights for government interaction in the people's lives, not the other way around. It isn't so that government can tell us the limits of the rights that we have. It's really the limits of governmental power and its involvement in our lives. But I think we lost that fight a whole long, a long time ago. And unfortunately, uh, I would love to see the restoration of those rights. Um, and, you know, it's going to take some work. It's going to take a huge amount of uh, disruptive election cycles where we vote out of office the career politicians that sit there like bloated ticks on the system and think that they just have to dream up new ways of controlling our lives. And that's that's what it comes down to. Um, but let's get to a couple of your questions here before the break. If you want to protect um, yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun. Yeah, there you go. Get a double-barrel shotgun and fire a couple blasts. Isaac is wondering if we have any 20 or 30 round Ruger Mini 14 mags or Glock 17 mags. I don't believe I have the Glock 17 mags. And we had some 20 or 30 Ruger 30 mags. I think the 762 by 39. I don't believe I have any Ruger Mini 14 mags. So unfortunately, um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Cape Cod is saying uh, guns and gadgets video about assault weapon ban going to committee with secret meetings in the White House. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's definitely going to co- committee. We talked about that earlier. And uh, one good thing that's happening in California is St. Benitez, as he's known, the district court judge, uh, Judge Benitez down there, who started the whole, uh, I think it's the Bonta v. v um, who is it? Uh, I can't remember. Bont is the attorney general, but anyway, it's the assault weapons ban in California, the challenge to the assault weapons ban. Uh, Benitez, it was remanded back to him by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. We talked about this last week's show, how uh, the Supreme Court remanded it back to the, um, it's Miller v. Bonta, thank you, uh, Professor Claw. Um, but it was remanded back to the, Ninth Circuit, who then remanded it back to Benitez as a stalling tactic because they know they got to deal with it. But he is quickly taking action on that and getting the the responsible parties together to to give their uh, briefings based on the ruling from the Supreme Court that it must be looked at in sync, strict scrutiny of text, history, and tradition. So that's a good thing. We're going to see it come through. So. Uh, But then I'm sure the Supreme Court will end up with it ultimately. I mean, the Ninth Circuit. We're headed for a break, but before we go, don't forget, just between you and me, this week's discount code is CAPECOD, C-A-P-E-C-O-D. It's actually the same as last week, so we're extending it for an extra week. So go to capegunworks.com, use this week's code. Works on everything we have for sale on the Internet and at rapidfireradio.us. And we got Ryan Hoover next from fit to fight so don't want to miss out we'll be right back this is rapid fire 
If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense, and I'm glad to have with us on the line here and on Zoom, uh, Ryan Hoover from Fit to Fight. How are you today, Ryan? Great. How are you guys? We're doing great. So, you know, we talk about self-defense here on this show on Rapid Fire from time to time, but I love it when we get a guy like yourself who's, you know, boots on the ground, you know, day in, day out. This is what you do for a living is train people on how to fight, how to stay alive in that Worst case scenario, uh, why don't you give everyone an update what you've been up to lately? Tell them a little bit about yourself and what you've been doing for the PDN training tour. Yeah, um, we've been really busy. Last weekend, we were in uh, just outside of Nashville. Um, we taught an active killer defense uh, workshop there um, as well as a kickboxing thing. And then the weekend before that, we were in Orlando teaching. Um, and it's pretty much been nonstop weekend after weekend after weekend. Um, and, and I still have, I'm kind of chilling for August, but I still have three dates in September of, of different courses, um, kind of from South Carolina to Ohio. So you still have some room in those classes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just, um, just added the, the Newton Falls, Ohio one. That's September 3rd. It's our firearm program. It's that really close three to five foot range, um, mostly for concealed carry holders that, that, uh, you know, it, it's a true self-defense while armed kind of class, getting to your gun, keeping it, your gun, those kinds of things, getting shots on target and real tight, deep retention. Yeah. We use the tools for that. So it's all inert. It's all cert, um, work on that program. Nice. Yeah. That's something that, you know, a lot of people don't realize they buy a gun for personal protection and, you know, the good news for most people is that most fights do occur outside of two arms reach. But for the small percentage that do occur within two arms reach, bringing that gun out into the fight might actually be the wrong move at, if it's at the wrong time. Right. And that's absolutely and that's, I, I can't say, even in training, how many times you end up um, arming the other guy. Right. Uh, because you, you, you don't have a good understanding of of the range of the timing, how quickly that time, that space can erode. Um, your, your inability to clear a garment under stress, you know, maybe with, while one hand is doing something else and you're trying to clear with one hand and, and draw your gun. Um, it's a different animal for sure than, you know, sitting on a flat range and, um, picking a gun up off the table and getting your breasts and, right. and everything. It's, it's not the same. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because the classes we teach a lot are like the intuitive defensive shooting and stuff like that, which is obviously outside of two arms reach. And we say, look, 
it's important to get this as your basic fundamentals down, but it's also if you want to train for the within two arms reach, that's a whole different class. Like you need to go do a force on force or, a, you know, some type of extreme close quarter battle class and or maybe even just an unarmed class of some sort to be able to, you know, control the weapon that the attacker has or something like that to stay alive. And and uh, so that's kind of your uh, training model, right? Right within those areas there. It is. And a lot of it's, you know, just uh, kind of uh, decision-making. Mm. When it's when it's maybe a good idea, not just legally, but just from a tactical perspective, um, it, it may not always be the best idea to get to my gun, mm. um, you know, if, if we're really close and I'm, I'm – I'm not well versed in, in empty hand kind of stuff. It's it's going to be hard to just draw your gun. You know, I mean, I we we, we obviously are, are firearms people. I mean, I have a, a range at my house, but mm-hmm. um, just owning a, a gun and putting it on your your waistband doesn't make you a, a fighter, right? Um, so you can hand me a guitar, but I wouldn't be able to do anything with it. So. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll we're definitely going to have to have you on again. We're going to have to get you up here for a class because that's one class we haven't offered in a while. But if someone wants to jump in one of your classes coming up, Ryan, how could they find you and where should they go to sign up? Just go to fitdevite.com and click on the events and you see everything that's still coming up. Awesome. That'd be great. So thanks so much for joining us, Ryan. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you soon. We're going to break, but you should go to rapidfireradio.us and check out the latest Rapid Fire gear. Show your Pro 2A by wearing a shirt, hat, or grab one of our flags. Go to rapidfireradio.us and click on Get Rapid Fire Gear. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2,300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, 508-444-2120 is the live phone number you can call into the show, or you can leave a text or leave a message or send a text to 508-444-2120 anytime we're not broadcasting. So please include your name, location, and your question to 508-444-2120, and make sure you tune in every week, and we'll try to get to all of your questions. Uh, it's always good talking to Ryan Hoover, and it leaves a glaring hole in our uh you know in my 
lineup whenever I talk to him. It, it exposes that glaring hole, I should say, uh, of how we really don't do a great job on that uh, extreme close quarters class offering in our store, and I really need to step up our game and do that and get him out here uh, because it's a small percentage of interactions that end up in that situation, but it's really important if you're going to carry a gun to be able to understand when to bring the gun out into the fight or not. And that involves that within two arms reach scenario. So I would love to uh, get him up here for that. So we're going to try and do that. So anyway, um, real quick before I get to your questions, there's another article in the uh, West Palm Beach Post, or the Palm Beach Post, I should say, uh, of another Good Samaritan ending a threat. And uh, this is on the palmbeachpost.com. You can go there and read it. And it says, uh, he threatened to shoot up the crowd, but someone shot him to death first, West Palm Beach police say. There are no charges pending against a man. Police say shot a 22-year-old threatening others with a rifle Sunday night in West Palm Beach. All right, well, there's the first, you know, takeaway from this when everyone's like, shouldn't we raise the age of assault weapon ownership until you're to 21? Well, here's the 22-year-old, and now what, are we going to raise the age to 22? Like, give me a break. It's it's just you so ridiculous. You want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun. And go out on the porch and fire, fire two blasts. Um, West Palm Beach police say, I'm sorry, let me back up. A man allegedly threatened to shoot the crowd up during a fight in West Palm Beach on Sunday night. Before he could, police say another man pulled out a gun and shot him to death. West Palm Beach police say a brawl between two women escalated into a fight involving about 20 people along the 800 block of 4th Street between Douglas and Division Avenues. Well, there's one situation I'm probably not inserting myself into. A brawl between two women. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I know, I know better than to get involved in that one. But anyway, um, a 911 caller told the dispatcher that a 22 year old man grabbed a short barreled rifle and asked to see his tax stamp. No, I'm sorry. I threw that in there. Uh, grabbed a short barreled rifle from his car and threatened to fire into the crowd. People confronted him, police say, but he didn't drop the gun. A 32 year old man who had a state concealed carry permit fired his own weapon and struck the young man first responders pronounced the younger man dead at the scene um so you know here's a another i mean i've been talking about these news articles almost on a weekly basis now of how they're starting to gain traction in the you know broader audience of media and instead of just like the armed citizen of the nra publications uh And that's a good thing because once people can see like, hey, wait a minute, all these active mass, you know, shooters that had uh, the dreaded assault weapon, quote unquote, uh, the AR-15 were put down by people with handguns, women with nine millimeter concealed carry uh, guns. And, you know, in one case, the 80 year old shopkeeper owner, the liquor store owner with a 12 gauge shotgun, pump shotgun. So... The point is, you know, this AR-15 isn't this uh, weapon of mass destruction where if somebody has one, even police with body armor and AR-15s of themselves and ballistic shields are too afraid to confront the shooter. 
Well, actually, it's not true. Like people with concealed carry permits are putting down these alleged mass shooting threat guys with AR-15s and, you know, doing a very good job and an efficient job of it. And other people aren't being killed in the process. So that's very good, you know. Police say they have not released the names of the guz- gunmen or the uh, the decadent citing a 2018 Florida constitutional amendment modeled after California Marcy's law that guarantees crime victims a right to privacy. That's a great law, by the way. The man who fired the fatal shot remained at the scene and cooperated with detectives. Police wrote there were no charges pending against him as of Tuesday afternoon. The death is the 59th homicide in Palm Beach County during 2020, according to a Palm Beach Post debate. Well, I don't think it could be considered a homicide if it's a self-defense shooting, right? Um, So that's kind of a weird way of writing it. Come on, Palm Beach Post, do better. But anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, Some more good news of a man making the world a better place by being armed and in the right place at the right time. Or, depending on how you look at it, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Because, obviously, that guy's life has changed forever. So, um, it's it's unfortunate that good people have to find themselves in this position. Um, but, anyway, so, um, tell us what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. Let's get to your questions before... I know we're quickly running out of time. Um, let's see... Uh, where can I buy a factory replacement clip for the 22LR Colt Woodsman and factory clip for the 22LR High Standard Model 101? The aftermarkets do not work and they don't feed well. Uh, Jim, give us a call at capegunworks.com. We have vast resources where we can get you some factory uh, new old stock or some old stock that's in good shape uh, for the Colt Woodsman and for the high standards. They are There's plenty of them around and there's no reason to go after those aftermarkets that don't work and don't feed well so we'll we'll help you out with that if you want to give us a call um let's see uh any pre-band mags for the mp 1522 i'm assuming no well alan i hate to burst your bubble but you're on the right track uh there's no such thing as a pre-band for the mp 1522 uh they weren't around prior to the 94 assault weapons ban so there you have it um unfortunately I do still hold out hope that the lawsuit will eventually get here in the first district court of the United States and we'll see our own version of what's going on in California with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, challenges to A, our assault weapons ban, B, our magazine capacity ban, and C, our unconstitutional approved weapons roster. So those are the three big uh stools of uh, legs of the gun control stool in Massachusetts that I think will collapse um, under the New York state pistol and rifle V Bruin uh, text, you know, or the, that instruction to go after it for uh, text history and tradition, strict scrutiny. So uh, anyway, um, that's a wrap, huh? Is that a wrap already? Wow. First hour's in the bag, guys. As always, it goes quick. That's why we call it Rapid Fire. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Remember, the show's ending here, but it goes on for another hour. 
So tune in at rapidfireradio.us or capegunworks.com, or you can call and text the Rapid Fire line at 508-444-2120. You can ask questions and check out some of our online content. You want to stick around for the second hour? It's going to be awesome. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. Stay tuned, and we'll see you next time. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA 
to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. of Rapid Fire, a 2A talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation and make your voice heard. You can also call the Rapid Fire line. It's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. Remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. We're Cape Gunworks on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, Truth, and probably missed a few, but there's others in there. We are CGW underscore backup on Instagram, as we've already had one account nuked by Zuckerberg. And I'm sure we are on the short list to be nuked again. So hopefully Professor Claw has done what I asked and created the backup of the backup. But I see the nervous tick over there, which leads me to believe that he has not. So we need to get the backup of the backup up going as soon as possible. You heard it here first. All right. Welcome to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary, your host, and I'm looking forward to spending the next hour with you guys, taking all your gun-related questions, talking about all kinds of stuff, including, this was on my short list. I mean, I've obviously not addressed the elephant in the room right now, which is the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago, but we will save that for a probably a future discussion but um, this is an amazing story, and that is I got to bring up my screenshot of it because I couldn't believe it. But this is a job description of the new 87,000 IRS agents that are coming soon to a city near you. So the IRS is hiring 87,000 agents. And the major duties that they are going to be required to do is adhere to the highest, strictest standard of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. Well, that's a good start. Work a minimum of 50 hours per week, which may include irregular hours, and be on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends. Maintain a level of fitness necessary to be effective or to effectively respond to life-threatening situations on the job. It's like, where are we going with this, fellas? Well, here we go. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. And last but not least, be willing and able to oh, part my. be willing and able to participate in arrests, execution of search warrants, and other dangerous assignments. So there you have it, coming soon to a city near you. The IRS, this makes it very clear, crystal clear, now why the IRS needed 770,000 rounds of ammunition, right? This is why they needed that 700,000-odd rounds of ammunition to outfit and equip the 87,000 new officers quote-unquote, that will be doing their job diligently and to the highest standards of conduct, especially in maintaining honesty and integrity. Um, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> and I wonder if you transfer $601 on Venmo 
if you're going to be getting a knock on the door now by one of the new 87,000 IRS agents in, in, in a city near you. So pretty interesting. Um, as if we needed this, you know, for the government, I got a great idea. Um, you could easily do away with the IRS, put all that money back into the proper economies uh, by lowering our taxes necessary to employ that many agents and do something very simple and have something called a flat tax. So you do away with income tax altogether and make it a constitutional amendment. I would like to see a constitutional amendment formed for the abolition of the IRS and income tax of any way, shape, form, manner, you know, and possible like reinvention of itself, calling it something else. Just do away with all income tax in perpetuity and every iteration of it and just go to a simple 10% flat tax on anything you buy. It's all consumer driven. It's, it's a, it's easy. And guess what? Everybody pays their fair share. So when the big dog wants to buy the hundred million dollar yacht, guess what? Yep. 10% off off the top of that goes right to the federal government. And guess what? When the the poor guy goes down to buy his, uh, you know, pack of smokes or whatever, or food or, you know, I wouldn't tax food, but any goods, you know, clothes or, well, clothes might not be in there either. But any item that's not basic living, food and clothes, I would say tax booze, tax cigarettes, tax, uh, you know, whatever luxury item you want, TV, uh, you know, appliances, et cetera, et cetera. And just make it an easy 10% flat tax across the board. If that's what God asks for in the tithe, right? 10%. Why should government get more than God? That's the way I see it. Anyway, I, I went way off course here. And you can tell me what I think, what you think about that. 508-444-2120. My only hesitation to ever doing a sales tax-based tax is I know the government. And if you do away with income tax and do go to a sales tax that's a, like a flat tax, eventually they're going to want to bring back the income tax because they love nothing more than raising taxes. But yeah, there you have it. So anyway, let's get to your questions because I'm way off. The, I'm way in the weeds here. But um, uh, let's see. The G Webs points out there was 22 LR conversion kits in the 90s, and those had magazines, obviously high cap mags. And if they were around, I think Colt actually made a 22 conversion that came with a mag and a bolt carrier group, and um, and like a chamber insert uh, that was kind of part part of the bolt carrier group. You, it slid into the chamber. It was kind of a cool setup, and they ran pretty well. And they did have them with the high cap mags, and as long as uh, as long as they would, you know, uh, they were made prior to the September 13th, 1994, it'd be totally legal to own. And we've had those in this state, uh, but they're few and far between. So let's see. Alan is saying he thinks these days he wouldn't be surprised if H.R. 1808 passes the Senate. 
And I really want to say, you know, guys, don't take for granted. Everybody believes it won't go anywhere in the Senate, but don't take that for granted. Call your senators, email your senators, and don't let it, you know, call the Senate Judiciary Committee, all the members, and say, hey, knock it off. Enough is enough. You guys don't possess this power in the first place, so stop playing God and trying to, you know, ruin the lives of millions of Americans because that's all you're going to do. And you're not going to do anything to solve the crime problem. But let's let's reallocate some resources for that. Let's continue to put, let's start to put violent felons away for life where they belong. And I still maintain my argument of if I can't trust you with a gun, then you shouldn't be walking our streets. I believe it's that simple because, frankly, if I can't trust you with a gun, that means you are, you are going to repeat offend. You, are, you have a propensity for violence on innocent victims. And I don't care if you can't get your hands on a gun or not. You're going to continue to perpetrate that type of crime, whether it be with a gun, whether it be with a knife, whether it be with a bat, whether it be with a club, whether it be a car whether it be a Molotov cocktail or a flaming cat. I don't know. The point is you're going to get a weapon of expedience and you're going to use it to commit crime against people who shouldn't be victims because the government is afraid to put you away for a long period of time. I think that would be so such an easier... It's so much easier to deal with the criminal element, which is so much so far fewer than the vast majority of responsible gun owners, which is, you know, in some estimates, well over 100 million people. It's easier to round up the dirt bags of this, uh, you know, the violent felons and put them away for a long time so that you don't have to go door to door on the 100 million gun owners trying to say that you're here to make us safe. I don't think that's going to work. Um, but that's what I think. And uh, what do you think? 508-444-2120. You're hearing this and you don't have your gun license. We have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes, couples classes. Make sure you sign up at capegunworks.com. And we have Keith Langer next. So you don't want to miss out. We'll be right back. offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, 
and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And right now we have attorney Keith Langer on the line with us. How are you today, Keith? I'm hanging in there, Toby. How are things down there on the Cape Giant Sandbox? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, and uh, I just am back from my excursion down to Nighthawk Customs in Berryville, Arkansas, and beautiful country down there, but it's always good to get home and, uh, you know, get back to business. So uh, the mancation is over for, a, <laughs> and I'm back at it. So um, hopefully you're well and busy as ever. Um, one thing I, you know, had come up in conversation a couple weeks ago, and I've been meaning to ask you about it, but we just haven't had the chance yet, um, is if somebody wants to come to like the Top Shot Invitational and they're from New Hampshire. This is a a shooting tournament we host every year for charity. It's a major event. There's a hundred people that participate in it, plus sponsors, plus, uh, you know, vendors and uh, charitable organizations, et cetera, et cetera. There's police that shoot in it. There's veterans that shoot in it. There's So what does it take to be considered a sanctioned event so that someone could bring their own gun if they wanted to shoot this year we're going to have an open division and i know that was of some interest to you last year so you can bring your own 22 pistol 22 rifle nine millimeter pistol and nine millimeter rifle uh, if you want to shoot in the open class but we're going to have the standard class and the open class but anyway um, what does it take is that considered a sanctioned event or does it have to be blessed by you know, some competition guy in the Midwest or something? Well, first, you went all the way down to Arkansas, and you didn't go to Lone Oak for the uh, ammunition manufacturing plant? But you've been a great doubleheader. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I found about that region of the country is they have a museum for everything down there. It is, <laughs> it is really amazing. We actually passed a grain elevator museum. And I'm like, man. Well, you must need a lot of space for exhibits. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm like, ah! man, just think of the people that travel like to the Midwest or the South and say, I'm going down on vacation. I'm going to burn a few vacation days to go to the Grain Eleve- Elevator Museum. You know, it's got to be well, some. Well, uh, you know, you pass that on the way to the largest ball of twine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we were right in the same area as the first Walmart. And that's a museum, too. The first Walmart. Right the museum there. in Arkansas I'd like to go to is I think their newest. It's the uh, Sultana Disaster Museum. That would be interesting if I get down there and I should because I've got family in Arkansas. Oh, it's beautiful country. I mean, there's no that area I was in is Ozarks, you know, Ozark Mountains. Oh, it is gorgeous country and uh, we had a lot of fun. But anyway, let's get back down to business and um, what you know, what is the deal? Like, I know that there's really only two ways to bring a gun into this state if you're from out of state, correct? Well, it's basically hunting or competition. And so what about the local gun club that has a skeet and trap shoot every Sunday morning? Uh, is that a 
competition that it would be considered the the uh, officially sanctioned match? Well, there are clubs all over the state that do it. Uh, I used to shoot in one where you had people come in uh, from out of state just for the the club's monthly competition that nobody ever bothered us. Right. But that doesn't mean it's legal because, you know, it's Massachusetts. And as Mel Gibson so famously warned us, everything's illegal in Massachusetts. <laughs> How true it now, is. Now, last week we had a real simple answer. We simply went right to the statute, Chapter 140, Section 121 definitions for the Tubular Magazine issue. Right. So you would think that would be the same place you would go to find out what the state definition is for a sanctioned match. There's nothing there. So we search a little bit more, a little bit deeper. And in the Code of Massachusetts regulations, specifically 501 CMR 700 under, wait for it, approved weapons roster, that's where you find the definition of a sanctioned match, as if that issue were remotely relevant to the approved weapons roster. So here's what the regulations state. Quote, formal target shooting competition means those target competitions which are sponsored, coordinated, or sanctioned by a national organization which regulates the type of firearm or modifications that may be used. So if you're NRA, if you're USPSA, if you're Glock Shooting Sports Foundation, IDPA, Cowboy Shooting Society, any of those national groups staging the match, you are covered. Whether top shot would qualify is something else again. So, you know, I am a chief RSO for the NRA that I can, I, you know, I don't know if that makes it a nationally recognized shooting event. If Well, I, the NRA would have to sponsor, coordinate, or sanction the event. The mere fact that you're a uh, chief RSO under the NRA would not make the event itself sanctioned. Hmm. So what I always advised for anybody who was traveling to have documentation that they were going to a real honest-to-God event, well, number one, did you have to register for it? Number two, did you have to pay for it? Everything I shoot these days, except for my own club's events, I go to practice score, and I register on practice score. I pay through practice score. I get my scores through practice score. My squatting is all done through practice score. So if I were coming from Rhode Island to New Hampshire to shoot at Harvard or Hopkinton, I would print out my registration and squatting information from practice score, and it would show that I was going to a USPSA match or a Steel Challenge Association match. Now, let me ask you this. mm -hmm, Yep. Cape Gunworks is a nationally recognized company. I do business in all 50 states, practically. You know, I've shipped guns to Hawaii, to Alaska, to, you know, I am a nationally recognized company. And if we decide to host a match and we are having people register, they're paying, there's prizes, it supports charity. I don't understand how we don't check off that definition. 
because you're a company. Your business is wholesale and retail as opposed to NRA, IDPA, USPSA, SCA. Those entities exist for the sole purpose of organizing firearms competition. Mm. That said, the type of event you're talking about would probably be such that I doubt that anybody would bother you. But it's Massachusetts and Maura Hill is running for governor. Right. So the real question is, you feel lucky today, kid? <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, how this isn't just an amazing, you know, how how it's not viewed by the average citizen as an amazing overreach of government in the birthplace of freedom to now have to check your guns at the door, quote unquote, you know, before at the border, like you can't come into this state. It doesn't make sense. And, you know, you don't, you would never put up with it if it was a driver's license. You know, if you were, had to stop at the border and get a ride from somebody who's duly licensed in the, in the state, but yet we'll, we'll take something that's so obviously, um, you know, it's a, it's a very obvious overreach of government as they restrict the, the rights of the people by saying, here's the, here's the wall. Don't come in with a gun, period. Unless you're hunting or target shooting or in a sanctioned match, not target shooting. But you, you can't even come in to take a class, which is amazing to me. Yeah, classes are not included. You can go to a, uh, an FFL. Yeah. But for classes, it's oddly enough not included. Mm. Amazing. But if, if you wanted to try, if you were feeling lucky, <laughs> you would want to set it up so you had registration and you have very specific classes with the criteria for those classes. Mm. So people registering, they're, they're registering in advance. They get documentation that they registered for a specific event with a specific class of firearm or firearms. Right. And they're squatting information. So if they do get something, I'm going to this event. I'm going to this major charity match on this specific day to shoot this gun in this class in this competition as opposed to people just oozing over the border, as we've seen in certain places you know about quite well, uh, thinking that they can come in and shoot. Yeah. So we're... The, the, the specificity is what saves it. It's yeah. not just, hi, come in and shoot. Right. That's not going to hack it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that, and I see that. Not that I agree with it, but I I, I see what you mean by that. Um, interestingly enough, we're... We've been considering doing a charitable organization as a, you know, this is still half-baked idea, but um, a firearms training charitable arm of Cape Gunworks someday. So we may do that. And if we do, and we started to put together sanctioned matches, you know, maybe we could we could rank in the national... <laughs> the... Well, why reinvent the wheel? Uh, contact Steel Challenge. 
contact USPSA or IDPA, although you know, USPSA and IDPA are like Ford and Chevy. Mm. We always say that IDPA stands for I don't practice anymore. But, <laughs> you know, contact one of these national organizations. They've all got local representatives. Uh, USPSA, because it's a true member organization, has an elected director for Area 7, which is New England. Right. And see if you can set up a, uh, a preliminary or a provisional or an exhibition match under their aegis. Mm. There you go. Yeah, very good idea. We did talk about that with one of the local uh, USPSA uh, match directors here on Cape Cod, and he he wanted he actually came to me about it, hosting matches in the winter time when you know basically the clubs around here shut down in November for outdoor matches, and so do do a few months worth of matches indoors and get people out of the out of the cold, but. So we might do that, and uh, that would be good. But obviously, once summer kicks in, people want to shoot outside for the most part. Right. Yeah. And so it would be a short season. But I just like the idea of being able to host a match whenever we want for whatever reason we want and not having to, you know, ask permission but or put someone in potential trouble. But anyway, thanks for your opinion on that, Keith. What... um. What do people need to do if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to look you up and... and get your services well just run attorney keith langer on your web browser and it'll bring you right to my website and you can send me a message there or use the email directly keith k-e-i-t-h at kglangerlaw.com and keith at kglangerlaw.com is probably the best way to get a hold of me awesome well thanks so much for joining us today keith we appreciate it as always take care speak Speaking of the veterans' top shot, it still has some openings for the shooting contest this fall. And if you want to travel far and wide, you can do that. It supports great veteran charities. Go to TopShotInvitational.com to sign up today. That's TopShotInvitational.com to sign up. You don't want to miss it. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. 
Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Fire, your 2A talk radio show that you can call into the show anytime during the day or night, 508-444-2120, or during the show when we broadcast live. Please include your first name, location, and your question, 508-444-2120. And if we don't answer your question during the show, make sure to tune in next time, and we will try to get to all your questions. Uh, speaking of questions, we got a call from Joe. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Yes, my name is Joe. I live in Dracut, Massachusetts. I was wondering, um, how do you get, I'm about, I'm 64 years old, going on 65. How do you get started to get a um, concealed weapons license? Uh, where, where do you go for the paperwork? Do you have to do training beforehand? Uh, or can you just fill out the paperwork and get the license? Uh, how do you get started? Uh, that's and a- that's my question. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, awesome question, Joe. Um, unfortunately, it's a complicated process, which it never, ever should be. And hopefully someday that will all go away. And I say that to my own peril because I make money off offering these classes. But I want to offer classes for all the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons, for something as constitutionally protected as your Second Amendment rights. No other enumerated rights involves going through this process to exercise them. But here goes. In Massachusetts, the first thing you do is go to a local gun store or a firearms training instructor who is licensed by the state to give the uh, basic license to carry class. And there's about 20-odd different curriculums that are approved in the state. So you go to a place like Cape Gunworks, and you can choose to take a non-live fire class or a live fire class. Um, They're four hours long, and there are some towns that require live fire, so you have to know what your town is. So I recommend calling the Dracut Police Department and saying, hey, do you guys require live fire? And if they say no, then you don't have to take the live fire class. A lot of people are like, well, that's crazy. You should never give a license to someone who you don't know can shoot a gun or not. And I'm like, well... The point of getting the license is so that you can buy a gun and then you can learn to shoot it. And it is a an extremely important issue of how, why does government get to tell me what you know whether I can own a gun or not because I have or haven't taken a class. But anyway, that's another whole story. So once you get the class out of the way, you can take that certificate down to the police department. You get a um, you get a uh, application from your local chief, and you fill it out. You have to. Um, you used to have to give character references and give a reason why. Those have since been dropped thanks to um, the New York State Pistol and Rifle Association v. Bruin decision. Um, and you pay another hundred bucks. the The class can cost anywhere from seventy five to one hundred and seventy five bucks. Then you got to pay the police department another hundred bucks. They take your 
fingerprints, take your picture, send it out to the state for background checks. They conduct their own background investigation. And then anywhere from one to three months later, you'll get a call that your license has come in or that you were denied your license. And so you can go down to the PD and pick it up at that point. And then you can go to your local gun store and buy a gun. The same license that you're required to have in order to purchase a handgun is the same license that will enable you to carry it concealed or otherwise, but we recommend concealed. So anyway, that's that's the process. It takes a while, and no other enumerated rights do you have to jump through the same amount of hoops and pay a fee to exercise, even though there's uh, Supreme Court precedent like Murdoch v. Pennsylvania from 1943 that says the federal government cannot or the state government cannot charge a fee for you to exercise your constitutionally protected rights. So there's that too, but that's a fight for another day. Right now, at least we have a little bit of relief in that you don't have to give a reason why and they can't restrict it for targeted hunting or something else. If you're not a prohibited person, they have to give you the license and they cannot restrict it anymore, which is good. So hopefully that clears it up for you. Um, it's it's quite the process. It's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks and, and um, you take one to three months. So hopefully we'll see some challenges to that. Uh, speaking of challenges, the ATF actually won against Firearms Policy Coalition In an appeals court uh, on Tuesday, they held up the 2019 federal rule banning the so-called bump stock, a rapid-fire gun attachment that was used in the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history. Uh, The U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit ruled that guns equipped with bump stocks qualify as machine guns, which federally uh, federal law almost entirely bans. We talked about that in the first hour. The decision was a setback for the Sacramento, California-based nonprofit Firearms Policy Coalition and other gun rights advocacy groups that had sued to challenge the rule. We are disappointed but not surprised at the result, said Eric Jaffe, who represents the gun rights group. We think the court made a number of factual and legal errors that we plan in pointing out in further appellate proceedings. Uh, spokesman for the BATF, uh, the federal agency that oversees gun regulation, declined to comment. Now, this is not good news. Let's not pretend it is. That uh, Bearing Arms article goes on to say, however, note Jaffe's comments, in particular the bit about further appellate proceedings. This was never planned to be the last stop in the case, just one bump in the road, no pun intended, and one I suspect is actually planned. After all, you want to put a case like this in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, this is what you want to do with it. So if it had been passed in this appellate court it wouldn't have been uh, or in this you know court proceeding it wouldn't have been legal in all 50 states you want to get it to the supreme court anyway um but it goes on to say you you see bump stocks are not machine guns and they never were machine guns they simply made it easier to use a technique that people used before the stocks were available and continue to be used afterward which is the definition of a machine gun is a weapon that fires more than one round with a single pull of a trigger and bump stocks don't change how many trigger pulls are needed so we'll keep an eye on that also there's something that is very interesting that has cropped up uh, from a guy here, and I think it was in Hamden, Massachusetts, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe uh, Professor Clark can fact check that for me. But uh, a man was charged with 40 counts 
of possession of machine gun without a license and manufacture of machine guns. He had a bunch of the so-called Glock switches that were, you know, a bump that goes on the back of the Glock that enables it to shoot full auto. But here's the where it gets real interesting. He was charged with possession of a machine gun for possessing rear breed triggers. So this is the first time someone's been charged with possession. I guess it was a Holyoke man, excuse me, not a Hamden man. So a Holyoke man was arrested after more than 40 machine guns were seized, quote unquote. And uh, so what happened was, um, I guess he lied to a federal agent and he was on the radar already and they've arrested him and charged him with possession of 40 machine guns. But a lot of these were the forced reset trigger, the rare breed forced reset trigger. There was one other brand of trigger. It wasn't the uh, Big Daddy Unlimited one, but it was um, some other brand I had never heard of. And not to mention these Glock switches, et cetera, et cetera. I guess he had a full auto trigger pack and an HK-94 um, that was unregistered, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch how that plays out and whether that gets pled out or whether or not um, they drop those charges of the forced reset trigger. So the ATF, just like the bump stock thing, had regulatorily changed the definition of machine gun by including bump stocks, including forced reset triggers. I don't know if binary triggers are the next domino to fall, but the fact of the matter remains that these regulatory agencies are basically writing law by policy changes and changes to regulation because the outcome of being charged with having one of these devices is catastrophic. So if one day you're, you have a letter from the ATF that says your bump fire stock is legal to own and possess, and then all of a sudden they change the regulation, no laws have changed, but they've changed the regulations. Now you can be charged with possession of a machine gun. And this is the same kind of thing that the Firearms Policy Coalition was pointing out in their letter to the Senate of basically stay in your lane because if you change any of this, you're now risking millions of Americans being violently apprehended and put in government cages. That's what they mean by this. So these type of changes have severe consequences and no government agency should be able to just make policy changes that are life altering. Um, We talked a few months ago about the guy down in Florida who um, his name was Mejia and he had a CZ Scorpion pistol that he knowingly put a stock on and made it a a short-barreled rifle. But if he had put a pistol brace on it, he would have been compliant with the law. But instead, he put a stock on it, and now he's going to do two and a half years in federal pen. I'm sorry, 21 months in federal pen. A nonviolent felon in a victimless crime. And it's unbelievable if you think about it. And that's the catastrophic consequences to agencies making policy. It affects your life, and they are not the legislature. They are not 
the judiciary and they are not the executive branch. They are under the executive branch of enforcing existing laws, but they have no business in writing laws and enforcing them and interpreting them. That's the... There's, there's separation of powers for a reason. Remember, if you travel or you want to get a license to carry in multiple states, you can check out the Utah 36 State Concealed Carry class. You get everything you need to apply for your Utah non-resident license at the end of the class. Go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link today to book it at capegunworks.com. More after this. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your two-way talk show that you can call into the show or text your question at any time, 508-444-2120. Please include your first name, location, and your question. If we don't answer your question on this show, tune in next week and we will get to it if we can. Call or text 508-444-2120 for the Rapid Fire line. Let's get to some Rapid Fire questions. So Alan wants to know how hard is it to get a green card? And what he's referring to for those who are out of state um, is a machine gun license. That's the what we call it in Massachusetts, the green card. And uh, it is extremely difficult because you have to have a one or the other uh, or both if, you, if you're really good. Um, but there's two re- basic requirements. And one is that you're a m- municipal police training counselor. So you basically train police department, um, you know, par- patrol officers, in, you know, firearms training. So you can get one if you are a card-carrying, you know, municipal police training counselor. The second way is if you are a bona fide collector of firearms. So you have to prove that you're a bona fide collector of firearms. The best way to do that is get a Type 3 FFL, otherwise known as your Curio and Relics license. And if you do that, then you can kind of document that you're a bona fide collector of firearms. So once you do that, you can try to convince the chief that you are a bona fide collector of firearms, and he may or may not issue you that uh, machine gun license. So, funny story is I had to use that machine gun license once as a, an ID flying on uh, to Texas, and uh, the TSA agent uh, was like, no, we can't accept this as an ID. I, why? I said, why? It's a government-issued ID. I don't have my driver's license with me. I lost it. And 
so the superior officer came over and said, uh, no, he's fine. He's fine. Go ahead. Let him through. And the guy goes, well, are we going to accept these as bona fide ID now? And he goes, no, just, just let him through. Just let him through. And one of the guys behind me was in our group and the guy didn't know it. And so the, uh, the senior level TSA officer came over and whispered to the guy, but my, my buddy heard it and he goes, that guy's a federal agent. And (laughs) he goes, he is. He goes, yeah, they don't give green cards to anyone who's not a federal agent. And so uh, I, I didn't know he said that. So we had a good laugh about that. And so, uh, yeah, I'm special agent in charge. Uh, <laughs> but it was pretty funny. And uh, he made an exception for me knowing he had some inside knowledge that I was a federal agent. But anyway, um, it it was a lot harder to convince the guy in Las Vegas or Texas coming back. I think I had got sent to the to the office for a you know stricter scrutiny or whatever but anyway um tom wants to know if there's any new additional rooster additions coming but i think you mean roster but i it maybe that was on purpose because it is a bunch of chicken you know what uh that we have to abide by this mass approved weapons roster so um Yes, the answer to that question is yes. You're going to see some exciting stuff from FN, from Smith & Wesson, and from SIG. So hopefully they get around to getting their butts off the couch and coming out with the new roster that they're supposed to come out with four times a year. Hello, that's what the state law says, four times a year. But you don't do it, do you? This is why we can't give government so much power. Because they don't do what they're supposed to do. And by the way, you're supposed to respond to the uh, LTC application within 40 days. And we already talked about that, that it takes one to three months. So you don't do that either. So anyway, it's back. The Cape Gunworks Rifle AR build class is on Saturday, August 20th. And we will guide you through the entire process to build your very own AR-15. Of course, it's going to be a mass-approved fixed mag. So go to capegunworks.com and click up on the class calendar to sign up today. You don't want to miss it. There's only two spots left. So act now, and you can build your very own AR-15. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Oh, 
Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly talk show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're going to use this segment here to get right back to your questions. So if you want to join us, call 508-444-2120 or text 508-444-2120. Let's see. Uh, Alan's wondering, what do I think the outcome will be if H.R. 1808 passes the Senate? And it's obviously going to get signed in by Joe Biden if it if it passes the Senate. But I think it will eventually go on the um, trash heap of bad restrictive gun law once the Supreme Court gets a hold of it. But in the meantime, it'll create panic buying. It'll create a horrific um, distrust of government, which I don't want to think about. Um, I, I do think people's patience is wearing thin um, for the infringement of their rights, the disdain of government officials, and the trust of the law-abiding responsible gun owner out there, and the inference that we are all ticking time bombs waiting to happen is just, you know, wearing thin on some people. Like, we're not, and but we're also sick of being blamed for every tragedy that takes place. Um, you don't ever blame, uh, you know, the woman with the perfect driving record and the perfect uh, insurance credits who's never had a ticket in their life and has never, you know, gotten an accident in their life. You don't blame them for every drunk driving accident. You don't blame them for every time some psycho goes uh, on a high speed police chase and wipes people out in the process or kills themselves or a police officer. But yet that's the mantra of what's been happening against the gun owning community for the last 30 years. And people are like, hello, uh, I have nothing to do with that. My guns are securely and responsibly stored in my house. I've never had them. Someone, you know, do something wrong with them that, you know, they've never fallen into hands where they shouldn't have. And yet you want to hit me over the head every time some psychopath gets their hands on a gun and does some crazy thing. That's not the way it works. So, um, all right, yes. Uh, Another question from the chat line is, can an FID owner own a fixed mag AR rifle? And the answer is yes, uh, because it is not a detachable high-capacity weapon. Um, So, yes, you can build your, uh, well, excuse me, you can't build your own. Uh, you can buy a rifle. The reason you can't build your own is you can't buy a receiver because it could be built into a pistol, which you are not allowed to own. But FIDs can own a fixed mag AR rifle. So yes. Um, Yeah, um, well, it's a little sticky because they wouldn't be able to do the paperwork before the class like we require for most people uh, to buy the lower. They'd have to do it after it's built into a rifle. So there you go. All right, um, let's see, no class required here in Washington State, and it is a shall issue, but it does have some infringements via uh, 1639. Yes, I think there was some major stuff that happened in Washington State over the past couple of years. Uh, I can't remember if it was an assault weapons ban or a magazine ban or something like that, but um, definitely, you know, something like that. Uh, and 
Someone had a question about the veterans top shot and if I could give them some info because it's not really on the website, what's the course of fire and uh, can you bring your own rifle and guns, etc. So we provide all the guns for the standard division. Um, so if you want to just come shoot our guns, you're going to shoot a 22 pistol, 22 rifle, 9mm pistol, 9mm carbine, and it's going to be uh, 50 feet. Timed fire, so you're going to have two minutes to shoot ten rounds, and you're going to be uh, scored accordingly for each target, and you're going to shoot those four courses of fire. If you want to be in the open division, you can bring your own guns. We're going to have four lanes set up for people who are in the open division, and we recommend you get in on a four-man team. It's a lot of fun, great camaraderie. Shoot with some guys you know, and uh, if you're just a solo operator, no problem. We'll stick you on a team because there are going to be always singles and doubles that show up. And But we'll try to stack you with a couple other people and make out, round out the four-man team. But it's most fun with a four-man team. You can come up with a cool team name like the Sandbaggers or something like that, you know, the uh, whatever you want. And uh, But basically you, you, you shoot that. Those four courses of fire, it's a total of 40 rounds with four different guns, and it's a ton of fun. It'll raise some money for charity, and you're going to have a great time. If you want to jump into the open category, you just got to bring with you a 22 pistol, 22 rifle, 9mm pistol, and 9mm rifle. And if you need one of those guns, we could probably help you if you don't have a like a 9mm carbine or something like that. But if you want to shoot your own gun, your own optics, your own, uh, you know, kind of cadence and course of fire then join the open division you'll still have two minutes to shoot 10 rounds for each uh for each course of fire and that's go to topshotinvitational.com if you want to sign up uh there's still some spots available it's an amazing thing this is our i think our fourth annual uh we took a year off for covid but the golf tournament has sold out two years in a row and this is the shooting tournament uh sold out last year 100 percent sellout and so we're really looking forward to it. Um, you're going to have a bunch of time. Yeah, we are looking for sponsors as well. So if you're out there and you want to sponsor it and donate some money to charity, um, you don't need a license for Top Shot. The coolest thing about this is the first couple of years we did it, there was uh, 50% of the people had never shot a gun before. So they jumped in. It's, you know, it's a judgment-free zone. Uh, <laughs> my parents did it and my mom you know, she's no Annie Oakley, let's put it that way, but she had a ball doing it. And, uh, there's plenty of RSOs around. So, uh, you can, you can basically, uh, um, you know, get plenty of instruction and we help you out. We basically hold your hand. So there you go. Does the fixed mag AR class build classify as an assault rifle? No, it does not Cape dog because it cannot be considered an assault rifle if it does not have a detachable magazine. Uh, and then you can have all of the evil features you can have folding or collapsible stocks or flash hiders a dreaded bayonet lugs you can have uh, vertical foregrips you can have a pistol grip on it you know it's amazing what they'll let you have with this fixed mag ar because uh, it only holds 10 rounds and the mag doesn't come out so there you go um, i will say that 1808 hr 1808 does address fixed magazine guns it has become a thing that has been put on the radar of these politicians and they're like this is a loophole they're getting around and circumventing the law they're circumventing our our uh, our our infringements on their freedoms and we don't like peasants who don't listen to us so hopefully uh 
This all goes away when it's really uh, the assault weapons bans are judged by the history, text, and tradition of the Constitution, and they'll end up on the ash heap of other bad laws that have been done away with as it should. So, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in, but remember the show ends here, but you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us. You can call or text the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. If you're listening live, hang on after the break because we'll come back. We have some bonus content today. So keep up the good fight. Support your local community and your local gun advocate. Be a gun advocate in your community. Show what responsible gun ownership looks like. Take someone new to the range. Together as Americans, we can overcome anything. And I'm Toby Leary. May God bless you and have a great week. We'll see you next time.